Hello, this is the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast, and I'm your host, Jill Weber. Well, welcome everybody. Today's OMS podcast comes to you <laughs> from inside the prayer hut at Waverly Abbey. We have a, a shepherd's hut that's just arrived here on site. We call it the Hern Hut. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking out the window at a beautiful view of the Waverly Abbey estate with a lake and cows and trees and sun. Uh, and beside me is my friend Francis McLaren. Hi, Francis. Hello. <laughs> so Francis um, has kindly offered up her story today. Um, and uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself and why are you here in a hut? How much time do you have now? Um, about myself, um, 46 years old, uh, born and raised in Vancouver, Canada. Um, moved to England in 2007 to find out who the 24-7 prayer movement was um, and um, got involved with the training program that they were doing at that time called Transit. Um, lived in Guildford for a while, <laughs> part of the community there. Um, moved around a bits and pieces and um, I'm here because part of my heart has always been that, that mother house idea that we began to talk about just really captured my heart and just the idea of being a place of prayer and support for the communities um, and for me particularly some of the smaller communities that may not have as much established support around them um, but just that idea of a place to to serve the movement, to bless the movement, to help equip the movement, however that might be, um, that captured my heart. So yeah, so um, September this past year, September 21, uh, came on site to Waverly Abbey House in far near Farnham, and um, um, yeah, and I'm involved with the seed community and figuring out what that looks like and where that goes. Yeah, well, we're all figuring that out. And part of the dream and the vision, as you said, is to create really a home for the 24-7 movement, for the order of the mustard seed, that would have a hearth fire mm. burning of prayer that could be a hub and a resource for the movement, um, but also a local house of mm -hmm. prayer. Yeah, and you're right in the thick of it all, helping <laughs> in so many ways. I'm so grateful to have you here, Francis. So talk to us a little bit about why the Order of the Mustard Seed? Um, the, order, the, the Order of the Mustard Seed for me is very much tied in with the 24-7 prayer movement. Um, I came across it first during that first year in Guildford, um, basically taking nine months to look at the values of the 24-7 prayer movement and the practices and how those get worked out. Um, and hearing the story of Zinzendorf and the, you know, Herrenhut and all the rest of it. Um, and I fell in love with, with the values and the practices at that time. Um, but there wasn't really an, uh, an opportunity as far as the order went to do anything further. Um, and so I just made my own little decision that, okay, well, I'm going to try and live my life based out of these things. and you know, and, and, and give it a go. Um, and so over the next kind of 10, 12 years, that was what I did. I was part of the, 
um, 24-7 community in Guildford, just trying to live it up practically, trying to network with communities across Europe, um, and just trying to figure out how to be true to Christ, kind to others, and gospel to the nations kind of thing in, in, in my own life, however that could work. Um, and then when the OMS kind of started kind of coming back up to the surface again and people's like, okay, hang on, we're going to reboot this thing and um, the year of preparation started coming to play. Um, for me, it was, in all honesty at the time, it was like, okay, well, I've already been trying to do this for 10 years. Why do I need to do, take a vow now? Um, but at the same time, I came to a point where actually where I was in my life, I thought that actually I'd really like to revisit these things and I'd really like to go back and look at those practices again and at the vows again or the values again and okay, where do they fit now? Um, and so that's why I then entered into the year of preparation was like, okay, I want to relook at these things and is this something that I need? in quotes, to take a vow about, or is it something I can live out my life just as is? And then it was through that year of preparation that both I was, you know, just encouraged and re-challenged, I guess, in how I was living them out, but also began to see the benefit of, of the, the camaraderie, of the, of the, the accountability within the order, um, and of not necessarily having to do it lone wolf style but that by taking the vow, one, it holds me accountable, but also it helps me, like, yeah, so it holds me accountable to God myself, but it also gives me others to hold myself accountable to in friendship. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's kind of how I ended up in the OMS. So it's been a bit of a long journey, but um, ultimately just because I love, I love the simplicity of the three vows, three values, I should say, um, but I also, and I love the simplicity, but expansiveness, I guess you could say, <laughs> of the practices. Like I just, I love how simple they can be worked out in your life, but I also love how beautifully intertwined they can be. If, yeah. Mm, wonderful. I think that's, I think it's really interesting, Francis, because I think there are quite a number of people in the order particularly those who had been part of the 24-7 prayer movement, whether they had had, you know, lots of 24-7 prayer rooms in their church or they had been part of one of our 24-7 uh, church communities or prayer communities who were already <laughs> living into those practices. But that you actually came to a place of deciding, you know, formalizing mm -hmm. that, stepping over the line and with a community of shared practice mm -hmm. has been helpful for you. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and yeah, and, and just beautiful to know that, like, yeah, it, it gives faces to names to extent. It just knows that there are people across the globe who are trying to live this out in, in an intentional way rather than just as they can kind of thing or whatever. So, um, yeah, it, it, it holds me in a framework within itself, um, but not just through the rule of life aspect, but also through the relational aspect of it. And that is, we're deepening that in terms of expanding what does it look like here at Waverly Abbey as part of the seed community for us to live into those vows and practices together in a gathered yeah. community. And maybe one day, someday soon, <laughs> residential community, <laughs> God willing. Yeah, yeah. So I think I wanted to focus our conversation today a little bit on um, singleness 
because I remember you and I had a, a long chat uh, <laughs> as we were on a long drive a few months ago, uh, just talking about your life story and, and all of the invitations of God along the way and how you've been able to say yes again and again and again and again to go to a different country, to go into a different line of work. Um, but also there came an invitation your way into singleness. And so talk to me about that. When did you first begin to sense that, that maybe this was something that was going to be part of your life? Um, it actually came up as a concept when I was about 14, 15. Um, the youth group that I was a part of, we were we were looking at Song of Solomon or something like that, and and it was this whole thing of the bride of Christ and and how Christ loves us as a bride and and he's just passionate for us and um, and how he longs to have that kind of passion in return that we you know to for him to be our our lover and our friend. <clears throat> and I remember at the time thinking, I was like, oh, I want. And, you know, okay, there was a part of it that was looking around at friends with their boyfriends, and it was like, you know what, there's just so much mess. <laughs> oh, the drama! <laughs> exactly, exactly, right? It's like, oh my goodness. And so I remember just having this conversation with God and saying, okay, God, you know, I want you to be first. I want you to be first in my life. I want to love you more than anything else, regardless of what that is. And if that means that I don't marry until... You know, or, or actually, I think at the time it was like, you know, that means that my first boyfriend becomes my husband, then so be it. Um, and, but just this idea is like, I, I, I told them that I don't want a boyfriend until you are first in my life, until I love you more than anything else. And didn't necessarily think about that an awful lot. And then kind of 18, 19, I was like, okay, okay. Was like, and I had this conversation again, and it was like, okay, God, like, oh, thank you, you know. I just want you to be first in my life. And, and at this point in time, it was like, okay, well, you know, and if that means that I don't get married to, like, way down the line or whatever, okay, who, yeah, it's completely up to you. And in all honesty, by that time, I was probably beginning to get a hunch that maybe this was going to be a lifelong thing. Um, I was never massively fussed about boys. Um, I, to me, there was always other things to be doing. <laughs> um, and that kind of thing. And, and, and again, for me, it was always this invitation from God just going, yeah, but, but, but let's go further. Let's go further. And so again, kind of mid, late twenties, mid, late twenties, I actually began to kind of question it and say, well, am I missing something? You know, because there's so much beauty in that, you know, covenantal relationship of marriage that God can reveal himself through. And it's like, it's like, am, am, is there something wrong with me, God? Am I, am I missing something? Like, should, should I be looking for something so that you can reveal yourself to me? Um, and bless him. I really, I just remember him coming back to me and saying, look, do you seriously think? that I can't meet you in singleness just as much as I could in marriage. Mm. Um, and it's like, if I've asked you to do this, I am so much more than able to come and meet you and fulfill you and be more than you could ask or imagine um, in every way. You know, you will not, it's not a missing out. You will not miss out. You will not lack. I am more than enough. Um, and it was like, okay, thank you, Daddy. You know, okay, I'll give that back to you. Um, 
And then a few years later, um, actually at one of the 24-7 gatherings, we had this uh, David Quinn, 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 oh, I can never remember his last, Q. 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 Yeah, yeah, we call awesome. him Q. Q. Quintana. Uh, Quintana, thank you very much. Um, and he did a, a seminar in singleness. Um, and afterwards I was talking to him. It's like, I, 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 think, I think this is actually maybe something that God is asking me to step into, you know, or has asked me to step into. I just wasn't necessarily aware of it. And talking to him and I told him my story and he was like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think there could be something in there, you know, continue to sit with it. Um, and then, yeah, and then again, mid thirties, I had another conversation with God, just saying, okay, God, like if this is where we're going, you know, take it right um and for me i've never categorically said "Ooh, no i will never marry um i've just always left that in god's hands um and i'm not really fussed if that happens when i'm 65 somehow or whether that doesn't um realistically i don't think it will um and i'm grateful for that because again it's like god has has led me on such a wonderful adventure and he he has been my companion and he has been my guide and I know he is for everybody but um, yeah so that's been kind of my story I'm 46 now um, still very very happy in that place um, yes there's the ups and the downs and then there's pros and there's cons and some things are far easier and some things are harder um, and so it's it's not necessarily you know, ooh, yay, happy, happy, la la. Uh, but um, but yeah, let, uh, he's always been faithful in that process and in that question. So and he hasn't told me otherwise yet. So <laughs> so talk to me about you know, how has you know stepping in, responding to that invitation to singleness, then enabled you to, um, particularly in terms of being true to Christ. Or maybe even gospel to the nations, I think. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I mean, uh, yeah, for, for me, the decision to give him that question has always been just tied to being true to Christ. You know, it's like, okay, you first, God. Um, and however you want that to happen. You know, if that's true, if that's you first through a marriage, then fine. But if it's yeah. you first otherwise, whatever. Um, I think... <clears throat> I think the, one of the beauties, as well as one of the challenges about being single, is that in some ways this decision-making processes are much easier. If, if, if you're feeling called into something, if, God, if, if God's kind of prompting you in a direction or wherever, um, there's less people to consult. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and um, so in some ways that's a challenge because it means that you don't have another to bounce things off or, or get perspective of but at the same time it does give you that benefit of once God and I are on the same page and once we've come to that place of okay yeah I believe you're asking this of me then I can simply say yes I don't have kids to factor in I don't have a marriage to factor in um, usually whatever job I am because I'm single it's fairly easy to put down because I'm, it, it just it basically means that you're mobile um, to whatever extent that you have to be. Um, I guess, yeah, for, for me, I mean, it would have been far more complicated to move to England if I was married with kids. Um, 
uh, it, I then moved to Germany in 2016. That would have been very complicated with my partner and kids. Um, you have other factors involved in your life when you have a marriage and kids because you then need a permanent house preferable or you need you, you need different aspects of security. Security looks different for a married couple to a single person often. Maybe not always, but often. Um, and so I guess for me, it just ultimately comes down to how easily can I say yes? Um, and, and how, yeah, how easily can I say yes? And how easy is it to then go when you've said yes? And I'm not saying that it's like not doable with a marriage or kids. Um, it just, as a single person, you have that, that isn't a consideration. Um, does that make sense? It does make sense. <laughs> does make sense. What's, what's been the biggest challenge in singleness? Being on my own, like um, decision-wise um, and trying to figure out, am I, you know, it's like, what am I doing? Like, my, um, my life has been relatively mobile and it's been relatively, um, you know, it, it, it hasn't had the classic career path. It hasn't had the, what a lot of people consider the norm of steady income or place or vocational calling, that kind of thing. Uh, career calling, I guess, maybe more than a vocational thing. Um, and I know for myself, the decision making is a big thing because it's okay, yes, I can come to God and make that mind up, and, and but there's no one to test ideas off. I mean, again, I do, you know, I have my circle of friends and I have people who I walk with, and those sort of relationships are incredibly important um, when you do live this life of singleness because those are, you know, they're, they're your compadres, they're the people who you can test and sit with things. Um, and I think also um, there is a comfort in having a partner. Like I remember when my mom died, um, I just, I wanted someone to hold me, you know, and mm -hmm. someone that I could just collapse on the sofa with and just cry my heart out and just have those arms around me. And I remember thinking at that time, it's like, this is the one time mm -hmm. that I, a partner would be nice. And at the same time, I was able to take that to God and I was able to collapse and I was able to pour out my heart and I did feel his arms come around me, but it is a slightly different dynamic. Um, and so there's, there's, there's those sort of moments that um, to an extent, and especially depending on how you are embedded in community, that those, some of those big decisions, some of those scary moments in life or some of those hard moments in life or even some of those joyous moments in life, you don't necessarily have an automatic person. Yeah. So I said, so there is, I mean, that, that is definitely, you know, when you talk about costs, right? In some ways, married couples carry the cost of not having that freedom to go immediately and easily. And the single person has that freedom and that joy, but there is that cost of not necessarily having that person, um, you know? And again, at the same time, even as I say that, it's like, but it does mean that I get God as my person. You know, so it's like, ah, it's, it's, it's the beauty and the tension, you know, and all the rest of that kind of stuff, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So what, what would your advice be to somebody, like I said, any age and stage who's wondering if that's an invitation that might be coming their way? 
I think I would first give him the encouragement that it's not as scary as we often think. I think they're, 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 for better or for worse, there can almost be a stigma against being alone. Um, and I think a lot of people, when they begin to sense that God might be asking them to be single, for, whether it's a season, whether, whether, it's, whether it's a few years, or whether it's surrendering that idea of marriage, or whether that's surrendering that idea of a family when it's something that they long for, and they're like, but if I give you permission to be single, is that, that mean I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be alone, you know? Um, and I just want to, I want, I would want to encourage them that actually, one, he's faithful and true. Two, he won't ask us more than we're able. Three, that whether it's for season or whether it's for life, he is more than able to meet you in those places. Um, and four, that he knows your heart and he knows your desires. And um, if you entrust him with that part, he is trustworthy. You know, I, I can't categorically say he will give it back to you. I can't categorically say that, you know, within a month you'll be seeing somebody. But what I can say is that however long he asks that of you, he will reveal himself to you in ways that he wouldn't have otherwise. Do that, yeah? Um, so yeah, so just an encouragement. And, like, and I'm not saying, hey, everybody should go out and charge off and, yeah, I'm going to be single, do, 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 do. But just that encouragement that actually it doesn't need to be something to fear. And everything from physical, emotional, spiritual aspects of what we, especially as a culture, assume comes through a physical, emotional relationship with a human. <laughs> um, he can work those things for his good. If, yeah, if that makes sense. He can meet you in those places. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and 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 I mean, and and or and or remove them as an issue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so he meets you in 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 places that you cannot imagine and in ways that you cannot imagine, and then he shifts other things in your understanding and your in your being, so that what may have been a burden doesn't necessarily have to be a burden. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, is, it, is it worth adding, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you made reference to it earlier, about the importance of other kinds of community mm -hmm. around you as a single person? 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and this one I always find slightly ironic because I am naturally quite a lone wolf person. Um, and, um, you know, I've always been the introvert. I've always been the person who kind of gone off and done their thing. Um, and it has been since kind of getting involved with 24-7 and the kind of looking at those practices and the vows and how do we work them out in, with people, um, that community and relationship is absolutely key. Um, as far as being a part of a family, you know, because again, I've always had my girlfriends to chat to and things like that. But the dynamic of belonging to a church community 
or to or the, the mix between families and singles um, and, then, and and to a similar extent like the the idea of older people you know it, it, this society is so weird because very often it just you, you end up in your little strata of being <laughs> and, and the intermix between them very often gets lost um, and it can be a bit tricky because okay you know single people may or may not have the same time constraints or whatever it is as married families or bless them we don't have kids and maybe we don't necessarily want to have kids so how how, how does the involvement fit you know um uh but like the families that i've been allowed to walk alongside and who have welcomed me into their hearts and into their homes um are very like I would say those are those are still some of the strongest relationships I have and those are the families that I go to and say okay this is what's going on how do I what where where am I going and even though they come from a different perspective they 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 help me find the next step for me kind of thing whatever um, and just the beauty of you know okay I don't have kids but getting to play and be godmother too or to help you know have have that access to playing um you know that that's wonderful and and for me i think also it's a benefit for the families in that they also get a different perspective of how life can be lived you know which i'm probably going off track now but but yeah i I would say that as both an encouragement to single people, but also to the church and to families and to young couples, do not forget each other. You know, um, if you're a family, invite the singles over, include them in a family day out, um, you know, and same, you know, singles, don't ignore the families because it, it, it's, it's when you get that intermittent or that intermingling and that webbing of relationships um, that you then also get all the different facets of how the relationships work, right? Because I will receive something from a married woman that's very different than from my single friends, but I will also receive something from a, 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 my, you know, a married man as a brother in Christ than I would from even my brothers or, or the Joe Blows, you know, the guys that we hang out with kind of thing. There are different perspectives and different journeys and different um, gifts within each relationship. Um, that, yeah, it sounds cliche, but that we are very much the poorer of, and it's far easier to get lost. It was one of the things, last thing, one of the last, um, first things that God said to me having moved to England because my original plan was to be in England for about nine months and then I was going to disappear to the continent. And he said, nope, you're not allowed to leave yet. You need to belong somewhere before you can go because otherwise you'll get lost. Mm -hmm. um, and because I wanted to do it on my own, but if I'd gone on my own, there would have been no one who knew who I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there would have been no one to watch out for me, or to be praying for me, or to be supporting me. And so I ended up spending ten years in Guildford before then moving to Germany. At which point I had a community around me who prayed me out, who supported me while I was gone, and who I returned to at the end. And so massive, massive thing. And that's coming from the one-time lone wolf. Um, you know, is that, um, yeah, you, 
community is made up of a whole bunch of different kinds of relationships, um, and that there's a reason for that. So don't 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 forget them and don't ignore them. <laughs> oh, very very rich, very very helpful. Well, Francis, as we wind this up, um, thank you for sharing. It's a personal <laughs> issue. Talk about a call to singleness and brave. So I appreciate that, and I'm inspired by the longing you can't see it on the podcast but when Frances begins to talk about you know Jesus as her one thing as her main thing um, she you know you, you see it in her face in her visage this is a woman who has been with Jesus and um, yeah thank you for sharing that with us so can you pray for our listeners out there some of whom, may feel an inkling of an invitation to singleness, whether for a season or maybe even for life or, or for families who long to have relationships with singles or, or just any of that. Do you want to pray? Sure. Yeah, Father, just thank you. Thank you that you are so much more. <laughs> thank you that you are so much more than we could ever ask or imagine. And I thank you, Father, that you promise to meet with us where we are in whatever situation or stage of life or in all our questions that you promise to be there and that you delight to be there that you just love it when we come to you and say papa daddy lover friend brother god lord master yeah you just love to have us draw near and so father i just pray your blessing ah just on the oh Anyone who's listening, Lord, we just pray your blessing upon them. And we pray just that you would meet them where they are, whether that's in the questions or whether that is in the wonderings or whether that is in the first steps and, and, and just that consecration of self or whether that's the looking from afar going, I don't get it, or any of those situations. We just pray that you would meet them, each one. I pray, Father, for those who do feel as if this might be something they are being led into. <laughs> yeah, that you just sit them down and have a conversation. That is not a big thing, that it's not a, ooh, I'm going to dump this thing on top of you, but that you just sit down and have a conversation and that you would hear their side because you love to hear their side and that you'd share your side and they'd get to hear that too, Lord, and then together they'd make that move or they'd make that decision. And Father, I just pray for those families who hear this and say, oh yeah, I've always wondered about that. And, okay, but how, how, can I, how can I support? I just pray that you just bless them with, with opportunities, opportunities of friendship, opportunities of families, Lord, to become mothers and fathers to, to younger singles, to become brothers and sisters to those of their own age, to invite people into their family and into their home. And, just to, to, to bless them in that way and to be blessed in return. So yeah, so Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you are Lord over all, that you are the firstborn of all creation, that you're the Alpha and the Omega. And yeah, whatever our lifestyle, whatever our situation in life, I thank you that we can trust you with ourselves. And so yeah, and so we choose to do that today. In your name, amen.
Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast. For more information about the order, you can find us at orderofthemustardseed.com or on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. May God grant us grace as we follow his invitations to be true and to be kind and to go. Thank you.